Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to OMB Reviews, and welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast, episode 365, where tonight I just want to reiterate once again just how much I enjoyed the film Bullet Train, new film with Brad Pitt, amongst many other actors and actresses. I was quite entertained by it. It was insane, over the top. It knew exactly what it was and did not take itself seriously, which is why I was able just to enjoy it that much more. In addition, I had, though a small audience, a audience in there with me who were reacting in a very similar fashion to the jokes as they were being presented. And so what I can say is that it was a darn good time. It was a lot of fun. If you have not seen my review, my car video review, it is up on the channel. I saw it Thursday evening, and I highly recommend it. Right now, it is projected to make around $30 million domestically, $60 million internationally altogether, rather, you know, $60 million worldwide, so another $30 million in the international markets. And I think that that is definitely on the lower end for this movie, which costs quite a pretty penny, a little bit over $85 million or or so. So it needs to make quite a bit of money in order to actually hit its uh, break-even point. However, I do think, and based off some of the Based on some of the exit reporting, based on some of the exit data of people coming out of the theaters, it seems that a lot of people feel the same way. A lot of people also enjoyed the film to a pretty high degree. I know that's one of the services. I don't, obviously, you all know my opinion about the <laughs> the service uh, which grades films, and I, I just do not trust them whatsoever. And even though I cannot remember their name right now, I'm actually kind of happy. I'm actually very, very happy that I can't remember their name because they're not even worth mentioning. But uh, there's another one called Post Track, which I think gives a lot better data. And I think that it's interesting to see that a large portion of the people coming out of the theater have a very positive experience and a little bit smaller portion of them, but still more than half, well over half of the people coming out of seeing the bullet train are recommending it strongly, recommending it to other people. So I think that's a good sign. So, hey, who knows? Maybe we'll see the film do pretty well in its second weekend. Maybe maybe it'll have the legs. We'll have to wait and see. Of course, we'll be realistic and as objective as I can, as you all know. Whether I like a film or don't like a film, it don't change the numbers. It don't change the facts. It don't change the data. And so, therefore, if it's a flop, it's a flop. But if it's a success, then it's a success. And I think that's... Bullet Train deserves to be a success. But before going any further, though, into what y'all have to think about Bullet Train or other things going on with the box office, we're going to have typical box office discussion today as well. Uh, Please make sure that you smash that like button, light up that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. Thank you again for being subscribed to the channel if you are on YouTube, as it is one of the only ways to chat on here. Though somehow, someway, the bots continue to get through, which is one of the reasons why I even have that feature on in the first place but let's say hello we got tina b in the chat hail to you tina thank you very much for being here saying smash that like button in uh, smash that like button in the way in 
On the way in. Okay. On the way in. Uh, good Saturday, everybody. Good Saturday to you. And yes, if you have a comment or a question, just put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, at Odin, and uh, be a little patient. Sometimes we, we fall a bit behind, and it's because I like to be able to read the comments. All that I ask is you put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, a little bit of a code word in a certain fashion, unless you are a member on the channel, on the YouTube channel, that is. And if you are a member on the YouTube channel, you don't have to worry about tagging. You just speak. However, if I do see you tagging other people, then I will skip over the comment because clearly you'll have a conversation with somebody else. Master of Gaming, who is a member, hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Master of Gaming, starting off with something that has nothing to do with the title of the video, but hey, that's that's what we do here. Uh, he says, with the news of Batgirl getting unreleased, what other completed films that were never released would you watch for me, Blackwater Transit? I don't know enough about unreleased films. It's not something that I, I typically keep track of. The only films that I ever really know anything about is specifically when uh, a film, such in the case of Batgirl, is scheduled to be released. In, it's, again, major studio scheduled to be released, and then... After months and months of filming, things happen. This is a very, I think, very rare thing that happens. And so because of that, there's not a lot of films for me to really pull from. I'm sure you could talk about films that were in pre-production and then pulled or halfway through and then pulled. I don't know enough about them, so I cannot give you an answer off the top of my head. Input latency. Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. And it is indeed a good day. Bless you, good sir. Low watermark coming in. Coming in hot. Very beginning of the stream. Dropping a $100 donation via Streamlabs. Thank you so very much, Low Watermark. Circumventing Mama Susan. YouTube ain't getting none of that. Says there, no bot, no bot. Happy new month to a good man, Odin. Well, thank you very much. I very much appreciate that. And thank you so much for your very incredible generosity. I always appreciate uh, when you when you come in and, and drop these bombs like this. It really does mean a lot, dude. So, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Really do appreciate it. Low watermark. He is the man. And yeah, new month, starting school in two days, officially. We had our meetings this week. We had orientation on Thursday, Friday. A new freshman came in. That was, you know, freshman teachers had the most to do on Friday. And so, since I teach juniors, got to meet some of the transfer students as we have a plethora of transfer students this year, which is very nice. Um, and by plethora for, for the size school that I'm talking about, you know, had a, I think I met about three or four of the, I think, six or seven transfers that we're having. So that was pretty nice, uh, be able to meet them and have some of those conversations. Got to see a lot of the seniors this year who I taught last year and have some good conversations with them as well. It's always cool to see that relationship progress, especially when, when you have the students in one of their toughest years, which is junior year typically, and then to, just to get to see them as seniors as they not only get to enjoy kind of that senior status, but they're starting to look at colleges. They're starting to recognize that, oh man, I need to start getting a little bit more serious about my life, whether I'm going the college route, the trade school route, or whatever route I'm determining in my life, I need to start to take things more seriously. And it allows for uh, conversations to be able to, to sprout from that. And it's always, it's always fun to be able to have those conversations. And um, 
So I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty pumped to get started. Been doing a lot of work in preparation for next week. Luckily, the first couple of days are usually, you know, as a teacher, they're they're usually pretty set in. You know, day one is always syllabus day, typically, right? For most teachers, if anyone else has ever taught in their life, usually that first day is, all right, let me get to know you a little bit. Let's go over our policy, right? The classroom uh, expectations, the syllabus, the things that I expect you to do, you know, what you can expect to do in this class, things like that, all the, you know, the boring stuff. And I try to make that about half of the first class. And then the other half, I try to have a little bit more fun with it to have them, uh, this year I'm I'm transitioning it a little bit where I'm actually having them write things down on a note card. And it's only because in, in years past, I've had them mention, you know, mention favorite movies, things like that. But I typically forget because that's just how my memory works. And so I think it's gonna be nice just to have the car because then I'll be able to throughout the year, remember and reference the fact that they were, uh, you know, that they're a fan of something specific. And then it just, you know, gives you a bit more of an idea. It lets you know a little bit more into the psyche of them. Uh, And so I'm pretty excited to to have that. And that obviously will lead to some, you know, conversations and and such. And it'll be a lot of fun. uh, I think at least. I'm sure the students won't because, you know, students just, even if you try to have something be fun, it doesn't necessarily transfer as well. Just because I remember what it's like to be a student myself. And as a student, most of the time you're just like, I just would rather be at home and would rather it still be summer and da, 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 da. So, but I'm excited. I'm very excited. And I'm actually more excited about the lessons plan after the fact because I've, I've changed up my curriculum a little bit this year. And so it's requiring me to do a little bit more research. I'm building more slides from scratch than I have in previous years, because once you get a set, um, for me, at least I'm a PowerPoint person. Once you have set PowerPoints, you really only tweak them a little bit from year to year. And this year I'm actually like building an entire new section. And I know I'm gonna have to build at least a couple more sections throughout the year because of some of the curriculum stuff changing, but it's, it's just fun. It's fun to be able to, to go through that stuff. That's kind of the nerdiness part of my personality there because I don't, <laughs> as I always like to tell people in general, yeah, you, you don't, you don't go into teaching, uh, for, for, for a paycheck. You go in because it's a vocation. It's something that you feel that you're called to do, especially when it comes to teaching the Catholic faith. It, it is especially in today's modern world in 2022, uh, a, a vocation to say the least. Anyway, James Hurley, what's going on? He tagged to say, Bullet Train was so much fun. Aaron, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Andrew Koji, uh, Hidroki, Sonata, Brad Pitt steal the show in the movie. Yeah, the characters of uh, Tangerine and Lemon are phenomenal. I think that they definitely steal the show more than once. They have great banter. It's that very quick-witted banter. It reminded me a lot of, in various ways, not just with the casting, not just because Brad Pitt Pitt was in the cast, but it reminded me in a lot of ways of films like Snatch, at least when those two characters were talking to each other, as as they were both, they were both, you know, the UK variety, and, um, and so their conversation was just very fun, very witty. And it really got, I think, the most laughs. There's a lot of other moments that get a lot more laughs. There's a lot of great Brad uh, Brad Pitt moments, for instance, that get a lot of laughs, too. But, yeah, I think the casting was absolutely solid. And I really don't want to say any much more. And we are still very much in the spoiler-free zone for people that have not seen it. Because I think you will enjoy this film so much more if you have no idea who is in the film other than the you know basic characters that the trailer will tell you about. I would say 
avoid IMDb, avoid any of those movie sites that have any actors listed, because for some of them, it was just great to be surprised by their appearance to say, oh, this person's in the movie. Oh, oh wait a minute, this person's... And um, there's a big reveal, too, when it comes to, like, the main villain, who, uh, again, the climax of the film builds up to. And for me personally, and I'll go more into this next weekend when I go into spoilers, it, it just made me very, very happy. If you know much about me, um, as far as some of my favorite actors, it may not be the one that you are thinking off the top of your head, but it's it's one of it's one of my current favorite working actors. Um, and just to have anyone like that show up, it's always a lot of fun. And I I will not say any more than that. Anyway, Seventy B, hey, what's going on, Seventy B? Seventy B, you got mail. Check the mail if you have not done so already. Thank you for being here. She is the general of my Valkyries. We also got Alex McCarthy. He tagged to say, howdy, old, and how's it going? How's Thor? I saw and liked Prey, and before you say, so did Jay. Well, that's not really helping all that much. <laughs> I mean, I, I clearly support Jay. I just got this in today, actually. It's the Welcome to the Rebellion podcast that he does. Shout out to Drunk3PO for the Welcome to the Rebellion podcast. Uh, seems very similar in a lot of ways to the Welcome to Asgard podcast as far as the Welcome to, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, and uh, much love, much love to Jay. And again, uh, his shirts are on Tee Public, and it's, oh, it's very, very comfy. They always have sales going on. Yeah, I've, I've heard a couple people. I've heard a couple people have liked Prey, but then I've also heard a couple of people. So it's like a, a couple of people that I trust have said they liked it, and then a couple of people that I trust have said that they don't like it. So I think I will end up giving it a shot just to see how it is. Um, But I I definitely will be interested to see exactly how much, to what degree is identity politics pushed or is it even at all, right? Because right now I think one of the major debates going on amongst those that like it versus those that don't amongst those that I trust is whether or not it's pushing any type of identity politics or not. Because I think some people are are basically viewing the film through a certain lens and are seeing things that may not necessarily be there where others maybe are looking at it from a more objective standpoint to say, yeah, I can see why you might think that, but it really isn't as much there. Again, I have not seen it, so I can't make my own judgment on it, but that to me would probably be what the big, what the major debate is right now between those two camps is whether or not there is any identity politics and if there is, to what extent, Right. So I think that obviously is going to be a, a major factor. But yeah, I want to go in blind. I, I've only, I don't even think I've watched any of the full reviews of of the film. I've seen just some basic comments and some of the back and forth on Twitter, social media. But I haven't sat down to actually watch any of the reviews, at least not to my, if I have, it was probably Jeremy John's review. Um, because he's usually very good about avoiding spoilers and and, you know, avoiding major plot points and things like that. Um, and I want to say that he thought it was okay. He thought it was a decent film. So yeah, uh, I think that as long as it's entertaining and as long as it doesn't make me go, oh my goodness, why in the world does this exist? Like the trailer does, because I don't think the trailer, you know, whether the film is good or not, doesn't change the fact that the trailer is just not right. The trailer, the marketing for it, uh, just, just not very good. But as we all know, trailer marketing can always, can oftentimes be completely different than the actual film itself. I think a great example of that is uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat. The marketing for that movie was terrible, but the movie was phenomenal. 
And it wasn't until people actually saw the people who ended up actually going to see the movie and giving it a shot despite the bad press or d- despite the bad, you know, promotions, they've said, guys, don't watch the trailers because they suck. Just go watch the movie. Trust me. And it was the word of mouth that, you know, was basically able to create such a major fan base for that movie post theatrical buying up the Blu-ray and the DVD and the 4Ks, etc. And now there's a sequel being planned, even though the movie itself was not a major financial box office hit. Orange Hat Reviews, what's going on? He is a member saying, Hail Odin in chat, what's going on? Sherry Allen, what's going on? Hope you are feeling well. Hope you are feeling well, Sherry. Hope it's a good day. Just another red shirt, hail to you, good sir. Thank you very much for joining. He's a member. G-Monkey is a member as well. Hello to you. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, Tina went with the gin fizz. Must be some type of adult beverage, of which I do not personally partake. But hey, if you wish to partake, that is up to you. I choose not to. I choose the water. I choose to have water. Not the way of water, because that would be Avatar 2, and I'm already dreading seeing that, because I... It's one of... It's one of the things where it's, ah, I have to watch this. It's kind of like with Friday Night Tights, where we've been talking a long time now about Rings of Power, and Gary's been reminding us, saying, don't forget, y'all got to watch that, because we're going to be talking about it. And I'm like, oh, do we really need to watch it? Do we really need... Because obviously, whenever we talk about movies or shows, it's 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 like homework in a certain respect, right? If it's a good show... Like, it, not about, you know, not talking here about Rings of Power, but in general in the past, right? If it had been a good show or a good movie, you know, things like that, and you're like, oh, okay, this is actually this is something I was going to do anyway, and I'm excited. But when we have to, in this case with Rings of Power, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I don't want to watch it. But it's that obligation of, okay, well, I feel like I have to, so that way I can actually give a breakdown to the best of my ability to explain if... There are issues which, right now, based off everything that we know, it's just an it's inevitability at this point. But what kind of issues exist, and to try and break it down. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let us see. Got got a lot of random tangents going on already tonight. By the way, smash that like button, not that fire button, Odyssey as well. Thank you again for being here, uh, George Bonnie. What's going on? Welcome to the chat. We also, we'll highlight people who are new to the chat. Not just new, new, but uh, as of this evening, people who I'm seeing for the first time. Input latency, what's going on? Good sir, thanks for being here. Great Wood, what's going on? Hail to you, Ambrose Chamberpot, welcome back. Bongo, what is going on? I'm just not even going to read your comment because it's it's so counterintuitive at this point. The R, what's going on? Good sir, hail to you. Thanks for being here. Uh, input latency stock I just saw there at the end he tagged Tina so I will go ahead and uh, <laughs> uh, leave that be Tina tagged to say so did the snake get a backstory since the water bottle got one not fair if the snake didn't get one no the snake did not get the same treatment however again is that on the surface stupid yes but in the context of the movie, you're like, no, 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 this actually makes complete sense. This is the kind of thing that should exist in this specific movie, right? There's sometimes movies that exist, right, where sometimes you hear people that explain to say, oh, well, you know, it's just stupid fun. I feel like that's an entirely different category than what a film like this would be, right? A film like this, it's like, no, 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 the film is meant to be ridiculous 
but it's meant to be ridiculous because it's through that that it's fun. Not in the same way where you have films that take themselves seriously, but are in the end ridiculous, and so then you end up finding people that enjoy them for it. I kind of look, and obviously this is not the same as The Room by any means, right? The Room by Tommy Wiseau. That was a movie that was taken seriously, and yet that movie is hilarious. It was not meant to be, but it is hilarious, and it is a darn good time because of that. Whereas uh, you have a film like Bullet Train, which is, no, no, this was intentional, I believe it's the same mind, the creator of uh, behind the movie, Deadpool. And so it has, again, that same type of wackiness to it. And so those things are intentional. And so when that sequence happens in the movie, um, and I'd rather not spoil any much more, though I don't really find that to be much of a major spoiler, to be honest, because, you know, it's a water bottle. It makes sense completely within the context of this specific film and within this specific narrative. I think it's... Again, I honestly think it's just, it's so fantastic, and I would highly recommend it. Uh, 70B, it's actually not. I actually, I, I, I almost decided to wear it, but I decided not to because I was like, you know what, I don't want to cover up the, the Welcome to the Rebellion uh, shirt. So, normally I wear it to cover up shirts that contain information that I'd rather not people see. Uh, so... <laughs> So that's typically why I'm wearing it, because I have a lot of shirts like that. Um, Whereas other times when I'm wearing shirts like this, it's like, oh, yeah, it's actually quite comfortable. Now, during the wintertime, when I really don't have the heat on at all, because one of the crazy price of electricity these days, and two, because I like the cold in general, you'll see me wearing the hoodie a lot more often. We got Lance Mala, who is a member, saying, happy Saturday to Mr. Odin and the folks in the chat. Thank you for being here, Lance Mala. We got Keck44 in the chat as well. Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Great Wood, it says, I'll give Bullet Train a watch, and in two to three weeks, I'm going to watch Dr. No's 60th anniversary. Very nice. Yeah, dude, after Bullet Train, when you look ahead to the schedule of films coming out over the next couple of weeks, over the next month or so, it's dead. I mean, it, it, and and that's not just in the oh, you know, there's there are movies coming out, and you know, they're just they're you know they're still good, you know, they're still big movies or coming from big studios, etc. It's like the films that are coming out are ones where you think, wait, what? What is this? It's basically this very dead time at the box office, you know, this post summer uh, break, and I it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because you would think that hey. Wouldn't you want to, as a studio, continue up with and keep up with the momentum? I'm imagining the reason why we're not having anything right now is because many of the studios did not know how this summer was going to go. Many of the studios had made choices months ago to push a lot of their films back because of the coof and all that nonsense. So that's probably why we're finding ourselves in this dead spot. But yeah, we just got some uh, from from Box Office Pro. They they put out their long-range forecast. They put out their long-range Box Office forecast. And immediately from the image, I was scratching my head like, wait, why are, why are these movies on the, uh, <laughs> why are these movies on here? Just to give you an idea. So this is their long range forecast image. Yes, that's right. You, you have Spider-Man No Way Home and Jaws. Interesting. <laughs> so again, th- this is their long-range forecast. So there's a lot of re-releases coming out, and some of them are actually worth looking forward to, right? Uh, so, for instance, uh, Great Wood had mentioned the Dr. No 60th Anniversary Edition. But let's see, you got Bodies, Bodies, Bodies from A24 coming out. Okay. 
Don't really have much interest in that. By the way, something not on here because it's coming out on streaming, and I know everyone on this channel especially is looking forward to it. Next Friday, everybody, the horror film that everyone's been waiting for is coming out, I believe, on Peacock. They slash them. That's right. The woke horror slasher story. They them is coming to Peacock next Friday the 12th. So your options are Bodies, Bodies, Bodies from A24. And again, A24 has typically had good track record in the past. So maybe Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is something worth seeing. Maybe. Or you can stay at home and get Peacock and <laughs> and watch They Them. Ah, yes. Uh, but more importantly, you have the IMAX re-release of E.T. the Extraterrestrial. That sounds like fun. A film called Fall from Lionsgate, whatever that is. Mac and Rita? Okay. Coming out as well. Summering? Okay. You made a movie called Summering? What in the world is that? Beast coming out as well? This is the one with, I believe, Idris Elba. So this is the one that I know a little bit more about, only because Idris Elba's in it, but the trailer is not very it's not very memorable. You've got Dragon Ball Super coming out, so I know that there's definitely a, a crowd out there that would be supporting of that. The Invitation. Fear. 3,000 Years of Longing. Honk for Jesus, save your soul. The Jaws IMAX Real D 3D release. Why are they doing it in 3D? Just put it in IMAX. I'll go. I'll go see Jaws in IMAX again. I don't want to wear 3D glasses to go watch it. You then have the Spider-Man No Way Home, the more fun stuff version, which is such a ridiculous name, but it does sound intriguing at the very least. That hey, there's gonna be more footage in there. If there's more footage of the three Spider-Men together, hey, I think that's fun. But hey, you then have Barbarian, okay, uh, Vra Mastra Part 1 Shiva from Disney, Fox Star, so Disney's doing something there, that sounds, that Bra Master, that, that Mastra, Bra Mastra, that sounds like a Bollywood film, God's Country, Running the Bases, See How They Run, The Silent Twins, The Woman King, or as I like to call it, Wakanda Forever, Part 1. If you watch the trailer, you're like, oh, wait, this is basically Wakanda Forever. You have Avatar's re-release coming out, which I won't be seeing because screw this movie. Don't worry, darling, bros, and then the horror film Smile. That's all the way through September 30th, people. Yeah, we got we got about two months of nothing except uh, some re-releases to look forward to. And a couple of them, it's like, yeah, but is Jaws going to be available in IMAX non-3D or in a, just a general non-3D format? I don't know. But it does not look like there's really a lot of stuff for us to look forward to. And it, it, it makes me sad. It makes me, makes me very sad. Anyway, James Hurley, time to say Aaron Taylor Taylor. Aaron Taylor Johnson is a talented actor but gets shafted in big movies like Avengers 2 and Godzilla. Glad he is shining. Oh, absolutely, dude. Like th- He is given plenty of time to shine in this film and does a great job. And I totally agree. What they did with him as Quicksilver in the MCU was just the dumbest thing. It was such a waste. It was a waste of his talent. I mean, having him do the accent in the first place. Remember the accent that she had? <laughs> Remember the accent that Scarlet Witch had at one point and then it just dropped because they just stopped caring or because the actress couldn't hold it or wasn't doing a great job in the first place or whatever reason they came up with? I don't care what reason they came up with. 
whatever reason it was, it was dumb. But yeah, they wasted it. Ah, man. But he's such a talented actor. He does such a great job here. Nathan Slay says, Good evening, sir. About Bullet Train coming out in theaters, would you say that the film is helping the summer box office stay alive? Uh, get it? Staying alive was used in the trailer. I see what you did there, Nathan. To an extent. Uh, right now, $30 million is not all that much to be excited about, especially compared to its budget. But, and again, this is something that I said for, for weeks now, that if the film is good, then... I think word of mouth could potentially make the film a much bigger success than what some of the projections have been saying. And because I've seen the film now and because I can say that I thoroughly enjoyed the film and I do think the film is good, it is a film that I plan to buy on physical media when it becomes available because it's just that much darn fun. I think that then there is a chance, there is a possibility, and it seems based on at least the post-track um, details. Post-track is a company that is, I think it's attached to another company. I think it's a Comscore maybe. Uh, but post-track, uh, basically they do something similar to another company who is not nearly as trustworthy when it comes to opening night uh, responses from audiences. I just don't trust them at all. And you all, you all know who I'm talking about. But when it comes to post-track, their data is much more... Um, it, it's much more detailed. It makes it to me then that much, much, that much more trustworthy because when you can actually look at the data or get a deep dive into the data, that to me tells me a lot more versus, you know, okay, I'll say their name, cinema score, uh, you know, cinema score, they'll put out, it got a B plus. Oh, where's your data? <laughs> we won't tell you. It just got a B plus. <laughs> and now I've just given people nightmares. I'm sure for a long time because of that, um, but, yeah, I don't trust them. It's like, wait a minute, where did you get this score from? You can try to have a section on your website dedicated to your methodology, but unless you can actually give me some more data to actually crunch, I don't know what theaters you went to, how many people you actually asked, you know, because th- those things matter, right? If I were to ask 10 women in Los Angeles coming out of the opening night of Woman King, guess what? Probably going to be a bit of a biased result from that, right? Hopefully people here are honest enough to say that, yeah, you know what, you're probably going to have some bias there. Whereas I feel like post-track, it gives just a lot more data, and I believe it has a little bit more variety to its data as well, and to its pool of resources that it grabs them from. So, anyway. I think that it could. So, to answer the initial question... I think that it could, but as of right now, it's extending it as much as it can, but it's not picking up with much of the momentum of some of the other films that have come out this summer. Uh, Let's see, Big Raj, thank you very much for that super sticker thumbs up, man. I appreciate that. By the way, it's 7.05 in the chat, but it's 7.30 in real life, meaning I'm 25 minutes behind. That's right, 25 Minutes behind. And yes, I did say Woman King. There's a film called The Woman King coming out. And as I said, it essentially is Wakanda Forever Part 1. Go ahead, look it up. Uh, Soul Assassin, who's a member, says, Give it a few years and you'll see bootleg copies of Batgirl at San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, it probably won't take very long for for that to happen. Or there will be some fake... Basically, if, if, for instance, Elon Musk does not take over Twitter, right, if that completely falls apart, because right now it's definitely in a limbo, um, if for any reason he, again, if that 
if if he does not take over and so therefore the bots are allowed to continue their reign on Twitter and other social media platforms don't don't be surprised if there is this fake backlash slash fake campaign to hashtag release Batgirl or something like that this this hashtag that gets a lot of fake attention fake clicks things like that very artificial and so then some random studio somewhere maybe picks it up or one or other says oh well we have to do this now who knows but yeah that would not surprise me if something like that happened forever sci-fi hail to you Uh, especially because even just from a practical standpoint and again this is not really defending the movie itself but if i was a studio and even if i was a company that had taken over studio if i knew a certain amount of money like 70 million dollars worth of production costs were spent on a movie, I would say, yeah, you know what? I think I might want to at least put it out there, even if it's bad, because then maybe some people will think it's good. Think about how all, think about how much and how many bad movies that are out there that come out every single year. There's a plethora of them. There is a plethora of them. And yet some of them make money or some of them at least get some money. You know, some of them are able to offset some of the losses that they're going to see because of that movie. So that's why when it, when it comes to a movie like that where it was in the post-production phase, I don't think that movie is done. I don't think that movie is as... It, it basically, if I can make a reference to a much better film... At least I think most people here would agree that even without seeing Batgirl is a better film. If I can make a reference to The Princess Bride, I think that we could say Batgirl is mostly dead. It's mostly dead. It's not all dead. It's mostly dead. So it's pretty dead, but yeah. Could still could still see a revival at some point. Um, but they would have to get a, a magic pill. And do all kinds of stuff. Uh, Nathan Slade had to say, Have you ever watched Don't Breathe? If you haven't, I highly recommend it because it's so suspenseful and well-made. Rewatch it today is still great. I have seen Don't Breathe, and I will never rewatch it because of the ending. Uh, the ending went off a rail that I was just, one, not expecting, and two, not, not, no, 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 no. If, if you've seen Don't Breathe, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, and that's one of the reasons also why I I think I have access to see Don't Breathe 2, but I've chosen not to because I don't want to see with what was set up at the end of Don't Breathe continued in any way. Over on Odyssey, we got Abomination. What's going on, Abomination? Thank you for being here. He tagged to say, people saying Woman King leads a woman who ran a slave trading business in Africa. Wonder if it'll wake people up and they'll realize that history isn't as clear as they've been led to believe. That's the thing is that I doubt that they're going to even go through that storyline or they're going to go through that, right? It's a based off of true events and they're going to focus at least on the marketing that this is what they've been doing. Whether the film does this or not, I don't know. But the marketing has been all about these are the fiercest female warriors that have ever existed. And you're looking at some of the things happening there and you're like, how much of this is true and how much of this is just Hollywoodized? You know? Like, how much of it is actually going on? And one of the points that is being brought up by a lot of people is, oh, are we going to talk about, right? Because the other thing the trailer tries to indicate is it's, it's the evil white man coming into Africa that's the bad guy. And it's like, wait, are we not going to talk about 
the enslavement of other tribes by and this is something again where when it comes to history people have a very clear uh, blind spot you know people don't want to talk about how when you look to especially the Aztecs people don't want to talk about the fact that there was human sacrifice you know they they like to talk about oh you know the white man came and brought disease and illness and and killed a bunch it's like Yes, and some of those things, I'm sure if we were to go through those individual cases, if it was a massacre, hey, it was a massacre, and we need to call that out as being evil. But we also can't forget or ignore the fact that, well, wait a minute, slavery is bad, right? Objectively speaking, it is evil. However, why are we only calling out the white Americans who did it and and not the African tribes that did it and, I believe, even did it first? Please correct me if I'm wrong on that historical point. Again, history is not nearly as clear-cut or as nice and as neatly tied as some people like to uh, suggest. That's why I'm always very open about things within Catholic history, even within my, my classroom. However, I also do the reverse, meaning... If there is a, a negative that's oftentimes been portrayed, for instance, about things like, and I'm sure that this might, you know, cause some people to go, but like, there's been a lot of lies and misinformation put out about how the church treated or what happened between the church and um, what happened between the Catholic Church and Galileo, for instance. Lots of lies about that. Lots of lies about the Inquisition. Lots of lies about the Crusades as well. So I'm also going to push back on that. And it's like, no, let's talk about the complete story here and not just, you know, cherry pick the things that either make us look good or, you know, whatever. Anyway, Bongo says, now that you are back to school, will you be performing a triple Lindy? Uh, I, is a triple Lindy a ice skating reference or am I missing a movie reference here? Mr. J, what's going on, Mr. J? Welcome back. Welcome, welcome. Master of Gaming Ties say, I think Bullet Train and DC League of Super Pets will have great legs. Uh, let's see. League of Super Pets is currently looking at a 64% drop from its Friday. So, not the worst drop that I've seen, but it didn't have a very high number either. So, the problem with DC League of Super Pets is that even if it did theoretically have Nice legs. I always like talking about box office in those concepts, too, because people can come in out of context and say, why is he talking about this person's legs? Or what's going on with this whole obsession with legs? It's like, <laughs> well, that's why I need to be in at the full conversation. But DC League of Super Pets had a very poor opening. It's only got $37.2 million domestically right now. It made $3.3 million on Friday it's looking to make, what, $10 million or so, I think, this weekend. So even if it had the best legs in the world, it is, uh, uh, it's just not, it's, it's in a lot of trouble, to say the least. It, it has a much higher production budget than, than it needs to. It is, right now, according to box office, uh, sorry, according to the numbers, let me go ahead and pull this up for y'all, according to the numbers as you can see, right now, domestically, it is tracking towards the higher end of its range, so it, it is performing relatively well as far as its range, its, its projected range is concerned, however, the film needs to make a lot more than this, and worldwide, it's only made 55 million, it, it's just not looking, it's just not looking very good there. Um, Bullet Train is also one where right now, as of right now, 
right? 12.6 million. That's just based off of the Thursday opening night and the Friday numbers projected to be around 30 million and we'll have around 60 plus million by the end of the weekend internationally, rather worldwide, I should say. This film is going to need to have pretty great legs as well. Uh, this one actually gives you the production budget, 85.9 million dollars. I want to say League of Super Pets has a has a comparable uh, has a comparable box office budget as well, and that that makes both of, that makes both of them needing to make quite a bit of money there. In fact, let me go ahead and pull up my handy dandy website, my box office tracking on my website. In fact, because I I did the numbers on these already. So as you can see, uh, League of Super Pets costs roughly $90 million. So again, Bullet Train, as of the making of this chart last week, it was reported to have cost $90 million. And I think I've seen some places say it's been like 85 point. Again, so the reason why I went with the $90 million is because the only place that I saw saying $85.9 million for the production budget was actually the numbers Whereas it was an article from Variety that was saying 90 million. So the numbers itself has, has never been good with budgets in the first place, only because there's a lot of films that they have where they don't even have the budget, even if it's been reported, for instance. So if that is the main source of where you got that information, it's like, uh, I'm going to go with the one that more likely is true. And so I'm going to go with the Variety source there. But $90 million for Bullet Train, $90 million it costs for DC League of Super Pets. And that's just an insane concept as well. I just think about an animated film like, like Super Pets, and then I think about this this fun action adventure uh, comedy, really dark comedy in certain fashions of Bullet Train. And you're like, wow, cost the same amount of money, have the same uh, break-even point, $225 million. And that's the reason why, as I said, it's it's got to do in, like insanely well in order for it to be able to get to that kind of – to get to that point, to get to the $200-plus million mark – it's got to do a little bit better than expected this weekend, and it's got to have some very, very strong legs. DC League of Super Pets, it would need to have the same. I just don't see this one being nearly as as possible just based off of the numbers that we have going into its second week, right? This is just his first week, so we'll see how it does on the actual weekdays. We'll get some projections next week, of course. There's not a lot of competition going on next weekend either. So, again, that's not a guarantee of anything, as I've always said, and I will remain consistent even on films that I like. Just because this film won't have much competition next week does not mean automatically that it's going to do well. So, yeah. Anyway, Soul Assassin, who's a member, says, Been thinking of a new career path, something more active like a cop or the army. Well, that is quite a, uh, a jump there. Uh, cop versus army is itself a, a very... <laughs> a very large gap i would say obviously similar mindset but definitely different but hey just make sure that you are sure before you commit uh, especially to the army uh that is that is one where you will and obviously you get you do have a lot of time in basic training to figure out whether or not it is for you or not um but yeah just make sure that those are the paths that you really want to take let's see mike jackson is a member hail to you Nathan Slade says, Bullet Train is in theaters. Brad Pitt literally screaming, what's in the box office? I see what you did there. Tina says, I loved Snatch. So, obviously, I don't think that this one is nearly as well written as Snatch. But the dialogue between 
those two characters especially again their their code names in the film are tangerine and lemon which i just i I love um the commentary and the dialogue between them is of a variety it's it's kind of a variation i guess you could say of of a snatch style uh story so if you like snatch i think that you might actually like this movie too unless you don't like a lot of blood and violence and language obviously snatch has that too to a certain extent but you know what i mean you know what i mean right but that's what it's getting compared to a lot is um films like this i'm trying to see if i can get my trying to see if i can get my yeah guy Ritchie. that's the name i was trying to find it, it's been said to a lot of people have been making comparisons saying that it has a guy Ritchie vibe to it so I would say grade wise in comparison, I would say it's like a B tier. Um, it's like a B level guy, Richie ripoff. So it's not a one-to-one, but it's, it's still pretty good. It's still pretty solid is how I would describe it. At least as far as the comparison, the movie itself, I, as I said, I, I love the movie. I think it's fantastic. It's, it's one of the few where I'm like, I actually kind of want to see this again. Uh, let's see. Shorty Short, what's going on, Laura? The modern major general of the channel. Hello, hello, hello to you. Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. Nathan, who's harder for you to understand? Al Pacino in Scarface or Brad Pitt in Snatch? Ooh, that's actually a really good point. The One of the things, one of the reasons why I don't like Snatch as much as some other people do, like, because there's things in there that I think are really good, but I, I much... I much prefer the later films of Guy Ritchie than the earlier films because of that language, uh, the the accent specifically, the, the accent difficulty. I would still say I think Pacino is harder to understand. I would have to watch both films back to back, but that's the thing. Because I can't really understand them, I can say I would much rather watch Snatch again than, than Scarface. I don't really have any desire to, to go see it. Uh, so rather to go see it again. All right, the chat has jumped on me like it always does. It looks like some comments may have been skipped. So right now it's 7.22 in the chat. It's 7.45 in real life. So again, just about 20 minutes off. So if any comments were skipped, again, I do apologize. But that's because YouTube sucks. Really, really sucks. Uh, by the way, we had Egg hanging out over on Odyssey. Hail to you again. If you have a comment or question, no matter where you're watching, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. It lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. Daniel Thorne over on DLive. Uh, let's see. He said this a while back. Says, they, them was crap. Huge waste of time. Prey was good. I liked it more than the last few Predator movies, but not Predator and Predator 2. Gotcha. 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 So, uh, okay. So, they, them actually already came out. Dang. I missed my opportunity to see it opening night. I'm so, I'm so upset. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been hearing about. That's what I've been hearing about Prey, is that it's it's not as bad as people are saying it is. And it also, again, it wouldn't surprise me because this this is this always happens, right? This happens I, what, once a year, twice a year, or no, sorry, once a year, once every two years or so, where a film has such low expectations, like bottom of the barrel, you're watching it, like okay, this is gonna suck. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's 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 actually not 
as bad, and so you think it's better than what it actually is. That could be it too. Again, I still need to see my, I still need to see the film myself and make my own observations. But it sounds like it is a divisive film to say the least. Soul Assassin Jaws is always a good watch. I agree. I just don't want to watch it in 3D. No, thank you. Alex McCarthy, again, thank you very much for that clarification that they them came out yesterday. I'm sure everyone was waiting with bated breath for that clarification and correction. <laughs> uh, Joey Horn, who is a member, says, so they are re-releasing modern classics. Lazy. Yeah. Not only are they releasing, right, more modern classics in in the grand scheme of things. Like, you know, when we think about, you know, classics, classic films, we think about what? Casablanca. We think about some of the older films from from the 40s and 30s. And some would even go back to the 30s. I personally wouldn't. Um, and I have my, my own thing with that. But you would go back, right? You would go back to Casablanca, Gone with the Wind, things like that. And so modern classic is a much better representation of the 90s era, I think. Like, 80s and 90s is much more of a modern classic take. But yeah, they're even re-releasing films that just came out within a year or so. (laughs) Uh, Tina pointed out the fact that, yeah, these titles are terrible. What a, as she says, what a pathetic bunch of movie titles. Beast, Fear, Invitation. Seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, input laid C as a member. I get up for five seconds and this cat, chicken nugget, immediately jumps up into my chair. Can't stay mad at that little face though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the thing about our, our pets, right? About cats, about dogs, is that even when they're doing something bad, you know, or something where you're like, don't do... The thing that always is similar to that is um, sometimes my dog Willow, what she'll do is... You'll get up from your spot. Maybe you're laying down on the couch. You'll get up to go get some water, to go get a snack. And then all of a sudden you'll get back and she's curled up in a little ball where you were laying because it's probably because it's like, oh, it's it's a little warm and toasty. And so she wants to be able to, <laughs> to feed off of that. But there's other times where you look back because you know it's going to happen, right? It happens enough and you're like, okay, it's going to happen again. And so you're like, Willow, don't you do it. Don't you do it. But, you know, I, I get it. You can't stay mad. Cannot stay mad at them. Robert Frey, what's going on? It's a name I haven't seen in the chat in a while. Robert Frey, thanks for being here. Uh, Souls Assassin says, Bodies, bodies, bodies. Better have the Drowning Pool song. Let the bodies hit the flow. Let the bodies hit the flow. Who? Nothing wrong with me, too. Absolutely. Jaws and IMAX. I'm there. Never seen it in a theater, says Soul Assassin. Again, I would. It's the 3D that holds me back. I will say. Um, several years ago, they did a re-release of Jaws. Not Jaws. We're talking about Jaws. They did a re-release of Jurassic Park. And unfortunately, it was 3D exclusive. The 3D transfer was actually one of the better 3D transfers that I had seen up to that point in the age where because of crappy movies like Avatar, in fact, because of Avatar, every movie and its mother decided that it had to be converted, post-converted into 3D. They did the same treatment to some classic films like Jurassic Park. The actual conversion process wasn't terrible. The reason why it was worth going to see, similar to why I think a lot of people probably would be willing to put up with the 3D for Jaws in IMAX, is because you want to hear that score again. You want to hear some of those lines. And and just to, even if even though you have to see it through that 3D crap, to see some of those sequences again. Still, that, that, that one shot that gets me every single time 
I think it's what pulling focus is, is the expression. It's been a long time since I've, I've studied it, but when uh, it's the shot of the, uh, it's the shot of the sheriff as he's realizing that someone's under attack and it's this amazing like depth of field moving where it's getting closer on his face, but the background is moving. It's amazing. So again, even if I had to go through 3D, I feel like I'd want to watch that again too. Great Wuda says, I'm watching Spider-Man No Way Home again. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun. And if in this more fun stuff version, again, that, that naming is so stupid, they, they I think, will lose people going to see it again because of the stupid naming process. But I do think that it will be interesting to see what kind of footage they add in. And I, I remember I brought this up before. If they're bringing in brand new footage that's not even on their 4K release, one, that ticks me off because it's like, really? Why aren't you putting all the available extra features on your physical media releases, um, for one? But then the flip side of that is that if it is including things that are available on that, then why would I want to go to a theater to watch it again when I could just watch those sequences in the comfort of my own home? Joey Horn is a member says, can the 3D thing just go away? No, it can't. It can't. It went away for a while. Right, it went into hiding for a while. It, you know, it, it popped its head up a couple times here and there. Right, but guess what? Guess what we have coming out this year, December. That's right, Avatar Two: Shape of Water. Why do you think we've seen uh, some major releases starting to get the 3D releases again? Why do you think that started several months ago, especially by Disney films more so than not? Oh, to get audiences kind of back into the whole 3d thing even though it's clearly a, it's a gimmick and it's not working but just you wait avatar 2 will come out i don't think it's gonna get anywhere close to the box office of the original i think a lot of people have have i i have i have confidence in and also hope maybe a false hope but hope nonetheless that people have woken up to the fact that the first avatar film is crap that it is a it's a story is just a complete ripoff and not even a good ripoff of much better films like Pocahontas or um, Fern Gully. <laughs> but I think it's still going to make a billion. I do still think it has that chance and it's going to make a billion or so. And so studios are going to look at that and say, oh, it was the 3D that did it because these studios are somehow not only run by people who are supposed to be the best at what they do, but also by the people who tend to be the dumbest people in the industry as well, because they looked at the success of Avatar and thought, it was the 3D! That's what sold it! It was the CGI! That's what sold it! And it's like, to an extent, maybe, because there was this spectacle aspect to it, but it was also one of those like once-in-a-lifetime things, once-in-a-generation once things. The second one and the third and fourth and oh my goodness, I can't believe it's what five of them maybe. Oh goodness, goodness me. Let's see, I put Lane C. Oh boy, they them. I saw a tiny clip from that with characters holding rifles in the most alphabet way possible. Yeah, Kili Chow, what is up? Member on the channel, by the way, Michael Hill. Thanks for being here in the channel as well. Forever Sci-Fi. Other than the boat scene, what part of Jaws is even possibly good in 3D? Yeah, I, again, I think that's a very good question. The, the one I mentioned when it's like the pulling focus, the rack focus, maybe it's called rack focus or something. That one I think you might be able to, that could look cool. 
but it already looks cool. So why would you even want to alter it in any way whatsoever? <laughs> Input latency says, Odin, I did Ofen last comment. I feel like a very silly billy now. Oh, do you? Oh, do you? Well, luckily you're a member. And so I was able to see that it was misspelled. And yes, Tina, I'm sure this question was already answered for you as this question was asked at 7.27 at 7.55 in real life. Again, 30 minutes behind or so. Be patient, people. Be patient. But uh, yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson was indeed in Godzilla, uh, 2014 Godzilla, and he was also Quicksilver. And he has been in a, uh, a plethora of other things as well. Very, very talented young actor. Uh, Rob D. Tessay, I would go to see Die Hard 4th Anniversary and Bullet 60th Anniversary in 2028. Boom. There you go. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe the box office will be in a position where it only is showing those things. Mike Jackson saying, smash the like button. Thank you. James Hurley Tessay, I heard of Woman King because Sargon and Lotus Eaters ripped it apart and said, oh, this movie is like if the Yahtzees were portrayed positively in a movie and the Holocaust never happens and invaded the West. Ah, yes, yes, that's interesting. Yeah, because I don't know really much about the history. That's why the first question that I had when I saw the trailer for The Woman King was, how much of this is actually true? Just, just again, there, there's a moment when there's a female warrior and a male warrior, and they have a spear between them, each with it poking into them. And you're looking at the guy, and the guy is, a, is, a, is clearly of a very solid figure. And yet, the woman in that sequence wins. Now, again, I'm not denying that there have not been fierce female warriors in history. That's obviously something that, that's happened. But it, to me, that was a moment where I'm like, okay, are you really trying to like push this whole thing so much further past what it actually was? And then also, again, this is something from James Hurley here, who is uh, talking about something that uh, Sargon of Akkad and the Lotus Eaters podcast probably talked about, which apparently is based off of what we've seen from the trailer, based on what we've seen from their plot synopsis. It sounds like they're going to only focus on strong women and then say, oh, the whole slavery stuff and all the... No, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. Gary Banjo says, Worthington says, Bullet Train was not the greatest film, even though it was action-packed. Again, Gary Banjo Sandwich. I didn't say it was the greatest film of all time. However, it was a darn good time. It was a darn good time. I found myself laughing, not just chuckling, laughing many times throughout the movie. Audience there with me laughing as well. And the ending leaves you happy. The ending leaves you laughing having joy, and it's like, there's not a lot of films that do that these days. So again, highly recommend everyone out there go check out Bullet Train. It's a lot of fun. Tons of fun. Master Gaming Bullet Train has a great audience score on Tomatoes and IMDb, and so DC League of Super Pets. Also, there are no major kids films until Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Well, again, uh, that doesn't, again, lack of competition does not guarantee that people show up to a movie. Even if it's a movie I like. That's why I said that even even for Bullet Train. All right. And then as far as the audience scores are concerned, you're really going to put stock in any of the scores from Ron, Ron Tomatoes alone. Right. IMDb, it's like this hit or miss thing. But Ron Tomatoes, we know for a fact, has altered and changed their system several times to the point where 
even the films that we like, even the things, and that's why it drives me crazy sometimes when people will will still use Rotten Tomatoes, right? Will roast Rotten Tomatoes for all the stuff that they've done behind the scenes, right? Either their algorithms and all that other nonsense. But then they'll also bring up saying, look, the, uh, the audience is speaking loud and clear that they love this. It's like, bro, stop using Rotten Tomatoes. At, at least use like Metacritic or something. You know, not that Metacritic is all that much better, but at least it's not something that we know for a fact several times within the last five years especially have changed their entire system to protect studios and to protect movies. So, yeah. But those also, those scores don't equal box office. Positive ratings don't equal box office. Negative ratings don't equal bad box office. There's been so many bad movies that have made tons of money. Doctor Strange 2 made tons of money. Thor Love and Thunder. It's making money already. It's not going to make a lot in comparison to the other MCU films in its history. But guess what? Still making it. And it's still a bad movie. So that doesn't mean a whole lot. Input Lazy says, Someone please clip out that tee-hee-hee. For Perry Chan to work on. Well, hopefully Perry Chan listened to me the other day about uh, because we were we were sent a message and um, in our group chat. There's certain things I can't talk about, but this one is is not one of them. Um, but basically, it was about hey, when we you know anytime that we have to eat or anyone has to eat on FNT, just make sure you mute your microphone because you don't want to get in picked up and anything like that. And, uh, and then it's like, I find out that it was apparently me that did this. And I was like, every time I eat food, I literally lean back like this. And if you were just listening, you heard, okay, there's a major difference there. So it's not that I was on the microphone doing ASMR stuff. And so I said, I would love for Perry Chan to create a, a cut of this so-called... Um, Sounds of eating from me, specifically. So I hope you heard that, because I actually really do want to hear that, because, again, I, 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 don't, I don't personally, I have, to, I have to see it and hear it to actually believe it. So, after he finishes that one, then he can do the tee-hee-hee one. <laughs> uh, Mike Jackson, no bias, believe all women. Ah, yes, of course, of course. Back to that old chestnut. Joey Horn, am I sexiest if I... <laughs> I think I know what you're trying to say. Am I a sexist? That's what you meant to say. It's like, am I sexiest if I want... Am I sexist if I want my Black Panther to be a dude? Oh, wait. Can I relate to Black Panther since I'm not black? And that is the, the big lie, of course, right? Is that they will go after you if you criticize saying, no, Black Panther is a specific person and this specific person is of a specific gender. Okay. Versus, right? So if you complain about that, I should say. So let's let's take a more modern example. Let's go with Black Widow Taskmaster or Taskmistress. Oh, you're just complaining because you're sexist. Ooh, it's like, no, we're complaining because Taskmaster is a guy. It's a dude. This is this is a fact. That, that's why we're mad. Because the only reason for your decision is a purely political one to say, oh, we want a strong female character. It's like, no, don't gender swap. Versus, oh, 
let's let's talk about the fact that wait, who are some of your favorite characters from all time? Oh wait, you actually like a character that was a, a male character? You you actually found a lot of connections with someone? Wait a minute. So then why can't you do the same? It's ridiculous. Tina had to say, I think Elon better be more worried about those eye-wide shut pictures of him. True story. I haven't heard much about it, so I can't I can't say much about it. It sounds like celebrity gossip stuff to me. Let's see. Giant Rat says, nice to see you on FNT. You left early. All good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, dude. I didn't I didn't leave early. We were doing outros. <laughs> I, I left early, early because the outros were taking forever. Uh, it's one of the fun things. <laughs> it's one of the things that it's like, okay, guys. So uh, it's always funny because like we get a, you know, the, if you have ever been on a uh, browser streaming uh, platform, so whether it be something like Restream, which is what I use. I use Restream Studio for when, when I have guests and when I do my Chosen of a Hollow streams, for instance. A lot of people use StreamYard because it's it's it was like one of the first and it, it did a lot of things really well. I just, I have a lot of issues with it personally. Um, but, uh, in, in there, you can have private chat with the people that you're on stream with. And so in the private chat, you know, Gary will, will put on there sometimes being like, Hey, we got five super chats left or, Oh, we're wrapping up. And then an hour goes by and I'm like, no. (laughs) So we're doing outros. It's like, okay, we're doing outros, right? We're, We're trying to, and then, Every single person, it's like everyone's going off on tangents and stuff like that. And it's like, that's great. It's like, but I, I actually have to go. <laughs> it's like when I, when I get the, hey, we're wrapping things up. I'm like, okay, I'm planning out the rest of my evening. And, and okay, I want to make sure I'm off by this specific time. And so, you know, everything, everything is absolutely fine. That was just me being like, all right, I got a hard out here. I got, you know, I got to be off by this time. And I you know, can maybe go a, a couple minutes past it, but based off of the rate we're going right now, it sounds like it's going to be another 20 minutes and I don't have another 20 minutes within me. <laughs> uh, but I love them. I love them. Even though I was, I was called the prima donna of the channel at, uh, anime Montessori, apparently. Sorry, anime Matsuri. I don't know what to say. Montessori. The school system. Uh, no, Anime Matsuri. Apparently, uh, I saw the video clip, too. Gary Gary called me the prima donna. Call me prima donna. I almost, I almost went in the FNT show with that name. Uh, prima donna Odin. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that next week. <laughs> and it's like, I'm the prima donna. We're all prima donna, I feel like, in our different ways. Zikayman, what's going on? Good sir. Kman says, just put Batgirl on new... Just put the just put Batgirl on the new Warner Brother HBO Max Discovery Plus to the second power streaming service. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Airbus, what's going on? Welcome. Shorty Short says got tickets to see Doctor No in theaters on the twenty first. Not seen a lot of Connery's Bonds movies, so I'm excited. Very cool. Input latency. Oh man, I've seen most of Princess Bride in bits and pieces. I've got to rewatch it. In full one of these days. Oh, it's such a great film. You absolutely need to watch it in full. It's one of the best. One of the best. Let's see. Over on Odyssey. Got a couple of comments you've tagged. Abomination said, I can't wait until companies start trying to make movies in VR. I've seen a bunch of short immersive videos, including Star Wars. Something like five years ago. On my phone, using a cheap 3D headset for phones. Oh, like, was that the cardboard, like Google Cardboard ones? 
Very intriguing technology, but I doubt it would take off. That's the thing, though, is that it could take off, though. Think about the world we live in today. Think about how many people don't want to leave their houses. I mean, I feel like there's been a huge rise in, what's that, agoraphobia, the, the fear of people. And so, especially in certain countries with certain cultures, you could actually find yourself with a, a pretty large marketplace for that. But imagine if you could somehow, because technology is moving to the point where this is definitely, I, I would say, theoretically possible at least, where you could put on glasses of a kind and headphones of a kind or, or something like it. And somehow you can have te- this technology that exists that tricks your brain or makes you believe and feel like you are in an actual theater. Like it is able to somehow replicate sound in such a way where it sounds like you're in a massive theater and it could even put you in there with other people too, right? But they're not real and so therefore those that have a fear of people or who those that you know don't like being around people well, hey, they're not around real people. I do I do think that technology will come, and I do think that there are a lot of people that will fall into that. Uh, Ready Player One is a great, uh, I would say, a great precursor. I think that in certain ways, it could be prophetic in the way in which society goes, but uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of ifs, right? There's a lot of ifs, and, and a lot of it comes down to do we give up or do we rather do we continue to give up our individual freedoms and liberties or not? Because I think that that's going to really be what it comes down to. Tina says, "Wait a minute, is this Woman King movie about the tyrannical black woman who took over a country and enslaved people and was finally taken down and killed?" I, I again, I, I, I really honestly don't know much about it other than what the trailer has said, and the trailer makes it like. Hey, this is just about the most, this is about the fiercest female warriors that have ever existed in history. And basically playing it as, did you know that women could be really good fighters and actually were really good fighters? And that this was the most feared tribe? So that's what they're pushing. Which is the reason why, as I said, it it felt like Wakanda Forever Part 1. Because that's exactly what the Wakanda Forever trailer was trying to get at too. Was, hey, look at all the strong women. Souls as an I've seen, don't breathe, don't watch. Yep. Uh, the ending, again, the rest of the film is great. The rest of the film, I totally agree with the original comment that recommended it. I think that the, it's got the thrilling, you know, the thriller aspect. It's done well. It, it's, uh, it is something that I think is, is a great theological thriller. It's theological. Uh, psychological thriller. The ending to me, though, destroys it because you're like, okay. You were here, and now you've just gone off the deep end, and I don't want to go down the road that you've just taken me on. <laughs> uh, see, Soul Assassin, uh, as a member says, everybody enslaved or killed each other back in the day. It's knowing what happened to not repeat it in a modern day. Exactly. If we're going to call one group out, we got to call them all out. Joey Horn, or why not call out the followers of Muhammad that went inland in Africa and gathered slaves for sale? Yep. Why not talk about that? There's a lot of other things also with the Prophet Muhammad. There's a lot of other things that we could say about it, but hey, you're not allowed to. Not allowed to. Especially with some of the wives. And that's all I'll say. 
input latency. I hope you saw that Babylon B article in regards to a time-traveling Aztec priest mortified at the number of baby sacrifices in America. Hilarious read. Yeah, Babylon B is always on, always just knows the pulse. It just knows the national pulse so well. And it's it's able to somehow talk about very serious subjects, of which abortion is, of course, a very, very serious subject, and yet somehow be able to turn it into uh, into satire without mocking the evil that is abortion. Uh, Mike Jackson says, Triple Lindy was Rodney Dangerfield's special dive in the movie Back to School. Okay, I've never seen the movie Back to School. So, there you go. Bongo, you missed a Back to School movie reference. Well, again, I didn't miss it if I've never seen it. I would have to have seen it if that was the case. But because I have not seen it, I did not miss anything because you assumed that I would have gotten it. But no, I've never seen that one. And now I'm probably getting a thousand comments about, how have you not seen it? How have you not seen it? Uh, Let's see, Abomination Tad say, true people seem to be getting more isolated, but judging by the popularity of VR games, I don't see VR movies taking off much like 3D movies not taking off. I, again, I I disagree. I do disagree because I do think that the technology is going to become so advanced that it's going to, it is going to blow people away. Again, it's not a guarantee, but I do think that there absolutely is a, strong chance of it succeeding at least in certain markets uh egg had tagged to say that was on things i liked about love and monsters the girls fought each other well again when it comes to yeah love and monsters was a great film the reason why the reason why love and monsters was a great film for me the reason why i really liked it was because it only cost about was it 40 or so million dollars or something like that and the cgi was better than most of what Hollywood is still putting out today. Like the CGI was so impressive for the budget they had. Yeah, I mean this this was a it was a pandemic film. It only made 1.1 million dollars at the box office. Again, it came out 2020, of course. Uh it's a home market performance. I know that I don't think the numbers has the complete sales because it usually most of these sites usually only track a certain time period of release it only made around 8.9 according to them on home release though and it's such a good one and it's a 30 million dollar budget 30 million dollar budget so yeah didn't make any money did not make uh any money whatsoever but it is so great but for 30 million dollars people for 30 million dollars they have better cgi 30 million that that's an incredibly low budget that's an insanely low budget. And if you've not seen Love and Monsters, just watch it for the CG and think to yourself, is this, or does this rather, does this feel like a $30 million film? Or does this feel like, wait a minute, this is what you can do with $30 million? What the hell is Disney doing putting 200 or $250 million? Oh, wait, that's right. One of the big reasons why I think it works in Love and Thunder, sorry, Love and Monsters, definitely not Love and Thunder, why I think it works in Love and Monsters so well is because it's CG in mix with actual on-set, on-location, real-life backgrounds. Whereas everything done by the MCU now, it's all green screen with maybe 
one rock being real or being a painted set or something to that effect. So it looks so artificial, it looks so fake that you're like, okay, this is money wasted because it doesn't look good. But yeah, I forgot how I forgot Love and Monsters only cost $30 million. Gosh, such a great film. Just so much fun. And Dylan O'Brien. Yeah, Dylan O'Brien is shockingly good at playing Dylan (laughs) O'Brien. I know. Okay, so Laura on on YouTube is really going to appreciate that comment because me and Laura are both fans of Dylan O'Brien. We we, we think he is, I, I, at least I can speak for myself here. I think that Dylan O'Brien is a very underrated actor. I think that he does a great job in the films that he's in. Yes, he definitely has a type. He he definitely has a type. There's no there's no doubt there's no doubt about that at all. Um, but uh, yeah, Love and Thunder though. <laughs> Dang, I did it again. Love and Monsters, not Love and Thunder. Love and Monsters is a is a great film. A lot of fun. Probably my favorite of that pandemic era release of the pandemic era release. I was like, I, I remember that was one of the f- first films where. Uh, because of uh, my connection with with John Flickinger, shout out to John. By the way, if you want to know why, if you are a member on Patreon, subscribe to our locals. If you want to know what happened to the podcast, gotta ask John. <laughs> I've been trying to schedule uh, a show and uh, doing what we can, doing what I can. So I may end up actually recording the <laughs> July podcast either solo or trying to find another special guest uh, co-host um, because, to be fair, John is very busy right now. He is in the process of, of looking for a home. He hasn't responded to me, so I'm actually assuming that he's either already found a home and so he's just dealing with some stuff uh, when it comes to like home buying in general. Um, but anyway... Um, if you're wondering why that is the case, but it was because of uh, John Flickinger specifically. I, I I lost my train of thought for a second. I lost my train of thought for a second. Oh well, I'll have to figure it out. <laughs> I'll figure it out when someone's like, "Hey, this is what you were talking about before you lost your train of thought." Thirty minutes later, it's eight seventeen. Oh my goodness, it's eight seventeen in real life. It's only seven thirty nine in the chat. Uh, somebody tells me that some comments might get skipped at some point. Uh, anyway, but Lazy says we only did a couple of hundred uh, a year abortions in the hundreds of thousands. And where do you find the space for pyramids to fit all the sacrificed babies? Wait, you dismember and harvest them? Uh, that's a quote from the article. Yeah. It's insane when you look at what we do today and say we are worse in certain aspects than the Aztecs, the Aztec Empire, as far as the treatment of human life. It's pretty disgusting. Pretty disgusting, to say the least. Bongo, your homework for this week is to watch Back to School. Um, yeah, it's not summer anymore. So any time I had to be able to dedicate to things like that, that's not that that don't exist anymore. That don't exist anymore. So uh, school's got my main focus. Box office rankings. Welcome to Asgard. Yes, Stephanie B. Yes. All right. Robert Frey, it does look like a lot of fun, dude. And it is fun. I can confirm that. G-Man says, film is dead. Let's play Fortnite. No! No! No, I I refuse! Uh, let's see. J-H Schwalbach. Hey! You donate over 
on FNT all the time. J.H. Schwalbach, I believe so. This name sounds very familiar. J.H. Schwalbach, thank you for the $26.57 Super Chat donation. I appreciate that, man. He says, listen to you and Drunk 3PO at the same time. You both have the live stream at the same time. You should team up. You both have so much love in your hearts. It seems you both do good works. P.S. Will you be in Vegas? Uh, well, first off, Schwalbach, thank you so very much for your super chat and for your very kind comment. Uh, so I, I love Jay. I love Drunk 3PO. But as you said, he he has a stream at the same time or around the same time on certain days. And so we're, we're both doing our own thing. I would absolutely love to team up with Jay. The problem with it is that Jay is a very, very busy man. Uh, especially this past summer, he was very busy with all the cons he was going to with um, with Gina and just everything else going on in his 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 you know his career is is just been amazing to see. But yeah, I love Jay. I, I would love to do more stuff with him. It's just that with him, I feel like he has a lot of time commitments. And then also for me, I gotta speak for myself there too. As you all know, uh, I am a full time worker. I have my summers off as a teacher, but once school starts back up and we're right back in the midst of it, we've had our meetings, orientation, and we, we start back with students in class this Monday. So, uh, you know, I, that, that takes the priority. And so I, I, I do this because it's a lot of fun. I love it. I love it. It's so much fun. I love having these conversations. Um, and I hope that you do as well. And, uh, but yeah, Jay is awesome. If, if you don't know who Jay is or drunk three PO is, Make sure you support him. Again, buy his merch. Welcome to the Rebellion Podcast. It's amazing to see what he is doing. And uh, I would love to be a, a guest on on his podcast if he ever would, would have me. But again, I think a lot of it is just because of a scheduling conflicts that it would make it difficult. But I would love to do stuff with him. would love to do stuff with him. Um, I, I only ever did, other than FNT, I only ever did one other collaborative podcast like consistently. Um, cause obviously I've got my chosen of a hollow podcast, which are my chosen of a hollow members. We do once a month. Uh, I'm thinking about next weekend, by the way, chosen. So keep your, uh, keep your eyes and minds on next weekend. Uh, I'll put that into our, uh, discord chat. Um, but I was thinking about it the other day saying you should probably get that scheduled because once the school year gets rolling, it's going <laughs> to months are going to start to fly by very quickly. And I, I don't want to, I, I definitely don't want to make sure I, I, I want to make sure I give the, Give some priority attention to to my chosen, uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, I would love I would love to do more stuff. Uh, the only other show that I had ever was that's what I was saying. The only other show that I ever did consistently it was actually a show. It was a podcast where we did I forget maybe was it six or ten episodes. I can look back and find them. I think they're still they're still available. They're probably unlisted because all my live streams get unlisted after they're live because of algorithm stuff. Whether or not the algorithm even works that way anymore, I don't know. But it was the, um, oh, League of Nations. It was the League of Nations podcast. And it was one I did with Lethal Lightning. Uh, hey, Viv. By the way, shout out to both of them. Lethal Lightning is awesome. Hey, Viv is also phenomenal. And then um, someone else who I, I just won't talk about just because there's already been enough drama with that months and years ago that I don't rather drudge it up. But anyway, we had basically America represented, Ireland represented. We had, um, because of Hey Viv being originally from Brazil, we had that represented. And um, we, uh, and then of course, Lethal Lightning was able to represent the Aussies. So we called the League of Nations and we just talked about what, it, you know, we did once a month and talked about random things and it was a lot of fun. 
Um, but one of the biggest issues with that one, especially was time zones, <laughs> you know, cause, uh, you know, Hey, Hey, wasn't as bad because it was just going between at that point I was in central time. So it was just scheduling around cause she's also, she's also a full-time worker. Um, so that was one of the bigger issues there, but then also, you know, obviously the, the, the trickiest one was, was lethal because the Aussies are, you know, 12 hours difference, it, you know, or no, was it 15 hours? Something like that. Some crazy number where it was like, okay, we need to try to figure this out. But yeah, I, I would love to do something with Jay though. Um, I think, I think the biggest thing, the biggest difficulty for us though, would definitely be um, just uh, our schedules. Anyway, uh, Jess Pena, what's going on? Welcome. Thanks for being here. But up, up, but up, bum. Tina says, no, I won't like Bullet Train because I hate Brad Pitt now. No. Tina, Tina, please, please for this, could you, for just this one, all right, with Brad Pitt, separate art from the artist and go see it. It's a fun, it really is a fun movie. It really, really is. And I would say that to anyone who might have a similar hang up with Brad Pitt. Yeah, I don't like Brad Pitt either, but it's I think it's well worth uh, it's well worth separating that for I say Mike Jackson army is great avoid law enforcement I've done both and would never advise uh, Leo to Leo to anyone nowadays I guess that's law enforcement officer even in small town Alabama sad I know dang yeah I mean I feel like both in a lot of ways because yeah yeah army armed services serving the country but who's your commander-in-chief you know, like that's that's how I view it in that aspect. And then when it comes to anyone who is a, a police officer, yeah, you think about the the current temperature really um, and sentiment towards police officers and the lack of of defense of actions of police officers. It's like that that's a tough one to get into too, which is probably why the the numbers are you know so low as as far as people entering into the force. B tier sounds accurate, says JS Pena. Yeah, exactly. I think that, you know, going back to so that that was referencing, I actually remember the context for that one. That was referencing Bullet Train as being in a certain way, kind of like a B tier Guy Ritchie, uh, you know, uh, you know, derivation of that. Still good. All right. The chat is about to jump on me. It was 745 in the chat when it jumped. And it's 7.57. So it jumped a good, like, 12 minutes in the chat. So 12 minutes of comments had been skipped. Uh, that was not by choice. We only have about five minutes left in the show, though. So please, please uh, calm down on any tags going forward because I'll be lucky to get through the ones that we have left at this point. Uh, anyway, Soul Assassin says, Queen Boudica, Queen uh, Naf- uh, Nafertari, all queens... And no king in the title. Oh, is that what the actual story is? Is that the actual name of the person for Woman King? Because the trailer is presenting her as being kind of like the head of the King's Guard, as it were. Little Chad had to say, as a father whose son was obsessed with Thomas, the tank engine, it's definitely entertaining. <laughs> I won't say anything else, little Chad, because out of context, people may not know what we're talking about, but yes, yes, that's all I'm going to say. So funny. Brightburn. I wanted to know, 
uh, what it was like for most people who saw Joker in theaters because Tarantino described the talk show host scene perfectly. Theater patrons wanted De Niro to die in that moment. Yeah, um, in in the theater, it was a it was just a great experience overall. I mean, it was it's just such a, it is a solid film. Um, I can't remember the movie experience itself, the movie theater experience itself, since it has been a couple of years. It's been a few years since that film, but I, I just remember people loving the film when we uh, came out of it. All righty then, let's see. Mac Jackson says, also Perry Chan, where is the Odin eating pineapple pizza? Well, that doesn't exist, so uh, yeah, good luck. Yeah, so you want to check your cookies? That is how you do that. Digital cookies, they'll be relevant for giveaways. I'll, I'll, I'll try to bring back the giveaways to be a little bit more consistent. Um, usually it's a timing issue. Normally like there's a point where I'm like, oh, I could do a giveaway. Then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm way behind the chat right at the end and i don't i can't spend any extra time <laughs> little chat if taskmaster was meant to be played by a woman they wouldn't have had a male stuntman in the suit the entire movie excellent point little chat soul assassin have you heard about john leguizamo going after james franco for being chosen to play castro in a film even though castro's daughter and directors approve of him yeah and so that's something where there is definitely i think a fine line to that because there are certain actors where I think if they were to play others, so for instance, if Chris Evans was to be cast as Martin Luther King Jr. Mm, okay. Eh. Eh. For a lot of reasons. But I feel that there are sometimes actors who may not be of a type of a specific cultural background, but might, because of other, you know, cultural mixes, look similar. And to me, it really comes down more so to performance, though. You know, like if, if someone can perform, can actually, you know, do the role that they are being cast as that, that to me is ultimately what's the most important. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I always just enjoy whenever Hollywood elites go after each other because it's it's a good thing. Rob D, how do you think Black Panther 2 will do at the box office? I think it'll do as uh, I think it'll do as well as the first because Shadwick Boseman died. So um I don't think it's going to do as well as the first one, all right? And and the reason why is because law of diminishing returns for the MCU. If you look to all of the MCU films, all right? And, and I think that a great example of that was Doctor Strange 2. Yes, it made $950 million, but that's only really because of how much money it made up front. When people actually saw what the movie was, it fell off like a cliff. And a lot of that early buzz was surrounding the buzz, the hype that still was around from Spider-Man No Way Home, which was obviously fantastic and did very well. So I looked at that. Now we have another film to look at, though, Thor Love and Thunder. Even in comparison to its own franchise, it has the chance of, of petering out below the final box office number for Thor The Dark World. Arguably one of the worst MCU films prior to the current age of, of MCU films. So you look to those things, right? This Law of Dimension Returns, it seems that the films aren't really doing very well. It seems that the audiences are starting to kind of lose, especially in comparison to some of the others. Yeah, I, I think that what you'll see from Black Panther is I think it'll still do well domestically. So I, I think that, you know, Thor Love and Thunder right now is around $310 million domestically. I could see 
Wakanda Forever doing somewhere between five and six hundred million dollars domestically. I could actually see that happening because remember the first Black Panther film, it was only a billion dollar film because of its massive domestic number. People often forget just how much of a massive domestic success that movie was. It really wasn't this huge juggernaut overseas. I mean, it, it did a typical Marvel, or, you know, actually, someone would even argue it did less than a typical Marvel. But because it did so much more domestically, it, it, it's made, you know, if you look at the adjusted for inflation numbers, especially of Black Panther versus so many of the other films, you're like, oh my goodness, it's actually one of the highest grossing films domestically of any of the MCU films. A lot of that, of course, has to do with the fact that the African-American community in the United States showed up in droves. And again, some people would say, that's kind of racist. It's like, no. When you have church groups and community groups literally coming together and going on, and again, I, I, I worked at a theater. I know how these things work, and I've, I saw this happen. Getting on buses as a community to go watch a movie as a community it makes a lot of sense as to why the film did as well as it did domestically. So I can see that happening again for Wakanda Forever. One part of it being the Chadwick Boseman thing because the trailers already kind of show that, right? There's going to be some type of memorial, some type of dedication to Chadwick Boseman. So you'll have other people in general, regardless of their background, regardless of their cultural background, saying, oh, I, I feel that it would be you know, a good way of saying goodbye to this person who, who um, you know had had an illness that he hid he he kept working and he hid from again I, that's why i i do think that the death of Chadwick Boseman is so tragic not just because it's the loss of a human life but because he showed character through what he did at the end of his life especially i i mean he, he could have come out at any point and talked about it and sought the sympathy and, and sought all the, he didn't. He kept working. So I, I respect him. I, I respect him as a talented actor in the first place, but I respect him even more as just a human being for that. But no, I, I think that I definitely think that that's gonna, gonna be something that um, we could see. All right. Anyway, I need to get through these last comments, so I'm sorry if I rushed through any of them. There's already hashtags for release Batgirl. Not surprised. Tina Popcorn Planet broke the story about Elon on Thursday. Photos. Thanks to Amber Heard. Showed a few pics as they could. Allegedly, Amber is another Gisling. Well, as I said again, the question I think is gonna be: Are the photos real? Again, innocent until proven guilty. And until photos especially can be proven to be authentic, at, at this point, it's just a leak where it's not looking good. But again, I won't really believe much of anything until things can be actually proven. So as that MT gets wild and loud very fast. Yes, it does. Mike Jackson, uh, Mike Jackson says, oh, another note when MT is supposed to end, it's time for soup to nuts. Absolutely. Hail to soup to nuts. Jezza Redshirt says, it's a standing joke um, that when Gary says we're going... For 10 more uh, in inners, it really means 30 more minutes. Yeah, we're, we're going for 10 more minutes. Oh, absolutely, just another red shirt. Absolutely. One of the Madrotics in the chat would know this. Yeah. it's and it, it always it gets me every time. Because, yeah, he's he's sometimes he'll do it by, hey, we just have five more Super Chats. Sometimes he'll go, hey, we're just going to go 10 more minutes. And then it's like 30 minutes later. Okay, now we're doing outros. 30 minutes later. And so that's, that's why sometimes you will see me just leave. 
But don't worry. I, I mean, I let them know. Uh, I put that in the private chat. Put that in the in the public chat too. So, uh, do you personally think that you would be a good voice in the background for commercials? I can see it. I I, I can't really see that for myself. Just because it's hard for anyone to see that for themselves. Souls has a no AI can compare to the real world. Right now, absolutely. Right now, no. You're you're you would be correct. But remember, technology is advancing very quickly, and there will be technology not too far from now, that will be able to do this. Just saying. Uh, Leslie Tharkin, what's going on? Branch Covidians. <laughs> what's going on, Tina? If Woman King is about the tyrannical black woman, she was hated by the citizens and the slaves, but from what you're saying, I don't think so. Yeah, again, that that was just... I was just explaining what has been revealed from the trailers. The illogical thriller says it put latency. Is that the Passion of the Christ? Yes, that would be an example of a theological thriller for sure. <laughs> Nathan Slay, what is the quintessential parody movie for you? Uh, don't have the mindset to answer that right now. Uh, hail, hail, you, hail to you, Leslie Thark, and thank you very much uh, for the well wishes on the school year. Don't worry for the super chats. I will be getting to those before we end. Uh, Master of Gaming, Easter Sunday isn't doing well at the box office. No, it is not. And based off that trailer, I can definitely understand why. Little Chad, does Elvis chugging along to profit after opening to low 30s give us over Bullet Train could make money? They both had $85 million budgets. It does. It definitely does give us that hope because Elvis was able to outperform, you know, the vast majority of people's expectations, uh, myself included in that. So, yes, it absolutely could do that. It's it's just, again, it, it comes down to the numbers uh, I think a big question is going to be, what does it do internationally? You know, where is it getting released internationally, etc. Uh, Chen Lee, thank you very much for the $10 super chat saying, not sure if my super chat was read on FNT yesterday. What is your theory on how Isom got his powers? I say that a bad burrito was involved. Dessert pizza for the FNT pizza game. <laughs> Well, Jen Lee, thank you so very much for that. And unfortunately, I just don't have a lot to add to it because I'm not much of a comics person in general. So I'm fully supportive, of course, of um, of Young Ripa, of the Ripperverse, of Isom. Um, and again, I, I think that everyone should support him. I, I'm just not much of a comics person. That, that's all it comes down to. So I don't know. I don't know enough about his character or enough about the background of this character to be able to say one way or the other. But I do appreciate your comment. And thank you very much for that very generous super chat. Uh, Vake, thank you for a $10 super chat saying, are you familiar with the history of box office betting markets? They were generally more accurate than most box office projections, but unfortunately declared illegal. I don't know much about it at all, actually. That's very interesting. I did not even know that ever existed. Uh, though I will say projections are typically, again, depending on what, when, you know, long range forecasts, not always. But once you start to get to the Saturday numbers, especially, the weekend projections tend, not, tend to tend to be pretty accurate. But I'm assuming you're talking there about like long-range forecasting. That's interesting. Tell me more. Mike Jackson, Back to School is on HBO Max. There you go. Can't can't uh, promise that I'll watch it, though. Soul Assassin, hail to you. Uh, Robert Ray, I love the first season of Love, Death, and Rabbits. Okay, talking to someone else there. Aztec, only sacrifice captured enemies, not their own. Uh, let's not try to play defense for the Aztecs that have, um, thousands, if not more than that, severed heads. If you want to, if you want to get a good idea about Aztec civilization, 
there is a great film that Mel Gibson did. Very visceral, very raw, but in many ways very well done, therefore, because of that, um, called Apocalypto. And let's just say it's an eye-opener. It is an eye-opener. Punk Waddle, I'm closer, talking to someone else. How much longer? I am trying to get through it as fast as I can. What happened to Hey Viv? I don't know. I I think I'm still... That's actually a really good question because I'm still subscribed, but I don't remember seeing videos. As I said, she works full-time. She does work full-time. She's always had a full-time job, so I would not be surprised uh, if she just... Um, can't do it again. I I don't know. I'll have to look that up later. If I had time, I'd look it up now live. Asgard time is seventeen minutes behind current time. Alvis McCarthy. Speaking of lethal, I was featured on his live stream, the full Aussie this morning. Nice, congratulations. Thank you for the gift from my pops. I love it. I am happy to hear that. Stephanie B. Uh, by the way, shout out to Tina B for the suggestion. Yes. Um, I know he's insane. I know he's insane, but. The movie's good. The movie really is good. It's so much fun, Tina. Come on. Nathan Slay, I'm definitely checking out Bullet Train, just saving for it when I'm in Perry, New York in a week. Cool. Yeah, definitely. I'd recommend seeing an IMAX. I think it'll be a lot of fun in IMAX. Uh, Brad Pitt needs to hit them leg days. That is very, very true. Also, think of it this way. It's, it's Brad Pitt playing a very ditzy person. So... I think that that would be a good way of kind of being able to look past it. Uh, Victor Fontaine is just a hater for Bullet Train, so don't take his opinion seriously. He just wants to hate it to hate it. Justin Register says, I have seen precisely one Zack Snyder movie, 300, and he uh, and he didn't direct. I'm good with that. <laughs> All right, let's see. Trying to get through as many of these as I can. Didn't know Chuck Bozeman was, still, uh, was sick. Uh, till he passed. Yeah, seriously. Again, kudos, kudos to him. For sure. Um. All right. Let's see. Getting very, very close to the end of the the resistance to the Matrix starts now. Says the K man. <laughs> Technology that will make Odin appreciate pineapple pizza. No, actually, yes, that type of technology would probably also exist, and it's disgusting. Soul Assassin Apocalypto is a good movie. Uh, yeah, again, it's very solid. It's not a rewatchable movie for me, at least. It's like, okay. Um, I thought it was about the Aztecs. Maybe it is about the Mayans, but I thought it was about the Aztecs. Either way, I th- I'm p- pretty sure both cultures um, had a very similar structure, but is what it is. Tina, again, I I understand that, but I think, again, separate art from the artist. Separate art from the artist. It's such... Oh, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to bite my tongue. Anyway, thank you all so very much for being here. I've caught up with the chat. Thank you all so very much. It really does mean a lot uh, for all those who are here who smashed the like button, for everyone who was here tagging and asking questions and all these other things. Um, again, seriously, thank you. Um I'm going to bite my tongue. Anyway, so I want to say thank you to every single person that is watching. Please make sure to smash that like button and light that fire button. Odyssey, seriously, it does mean a lot. Uh, as far as streams are concerned, remember, we're back to the school year streams. We're back to the school year streams. And so that means Tuesdays and Saturdays on 7, 7 p.m. Eastern time. And then, of course, 
we have the Friday Night Tight stream on Fridays as well. Uh, most likely going to have our Chosen of Valhalla stream next Sunday. Sorry, not next next Saturday. Uh, but stay tuned for that. I'm going to try and figure that out possibly when I can. Anyway, thank you all very much for watching. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Guys, go see Bullet Train. Seriously, it is a lot of fun. No matter how you feel about anyone involved in the project, it is a fun movie. And guess what? Movies haven't been fun recently. And I think that it's a good time for us to be able just to have fun and enjoy the movies again. And I think Bullet Train is able to do that because of the great supporting cast that exists that uh, help to support the film in general. Um, as R, as the R over on Odyssey says, Snyder is the best, hides. Sure. Anyway, thank you all very much for being here, everybody. And as always, I hope you have a wonderful day and God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my Keeper of the Bifrost and Chosen of Valhalla members over on Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals. Starting off with my Patreon supporters, we got Chris from the 80s, who you can check out on YouTube, Garrett Searles, Hymir Irie Hymason, Jeff Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Laura, The Modern Major General Story, Father Luca Illich, Orange Hat Reviews, who you can also check out on YouTube, Rosetta Allen, whose YouTube channel's name is Eagle Rider, Stan Andre Miss Martin Muses, who also has a YouTube channel, and the Empress of the Universe, Tina B, who you can check out on her show that she does with the amazing Stephanie B, my Valkyrie, uh, on a show called Soup to Nuts on Tina B's channel. Also to my subscribe star peeps, we got Matt317, who you can support over on Twitch, same name, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J-Rod, The Beer Guru, and Man, who you can support over at xtheboundaries.co. And lastly, to my locals, members. We got Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan. How about a hockey player? We have UAB Mad Dog Mike Jackson for the win. Brett D90 and Robert Barnes, who most people should know about at this point. So go support him over at InfoWars uh, YouTube and all the other locations that he is at. But if you want your name shout out at the end of every single video and live stream, check out that top link in the video description. Finds out all the places that you can follow me on social media and also all the various platforms that you can support the channel, which include not only shout outs, but also access to giveaways of 4K titles, Blu-rays, uh, tons of other stuff uh, like that digital codes and then also uh, a way to get access to being featured on the channel once a month for the Chosen of Valhalla live stream where we talk about movies, pop culture and pretty much anything the Chosen want to talk about. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, check out the video description. There's also a access to a podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger once or twice a month and don't worry if you were wondering where the July episode is because of scheduling conflicts, especially with John, we were not able to get that done but we will have two episodes this month to make up for it so don't you worry about that. Anyway, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and as always, God bless.